Welcome to the show, Paranormal Roundtable, PRT for short. My name is Josh Turner. They call me Wolf, and uh, our podcast is about to begin. We have a show for you tonight, prtpodcast.com. That's our website. You can find merchandise. You can find the archives of different shows. You can uh, you can do you can submit your artwork and uh, buy something that supports the show: t-shirt, sweatshirt, backpack, uh, phone case. I don't know. We got all kinds of things. So that being said, I have a co-host tonight. My beautiful co-host, my lovely wife, Nellie Turner. Hello. Nellie's going to be with us, and then we're going to have a th- another person that's going to join us. He's going to be a guest, and he's going to be a guest slash third uh, host or whatever, the second co-host, third host. You want to say hello? Hey, how's it going, you guys? That's Ryan. Ryan Tremblay, and as everybody knows, he's on another show. So, Ryan, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today, we're going to get into some different things, but we're going to start off with you, and we're going to talk about your encounter. Ah, yes, my Dogman encounter. That was a very interesting time. Before we get into that, folks, I want to do to uh, talk about uh, our group, Paranormal Roundtable, on Facebook. Then we have Paranormal Encounters on Facebook, and then Nelly Paranormal Lounge, <laughs> which is your group. Yes, and uh, she's in competition with Paranormal Encounters. It's a friendly competition, <laughs> but her and Tony are kind of going back and forth on that one. Ryan, you're also an admin in Paranormal Lounge with uh, Nelly. Yes, yes, yes. Thank yes. you for that. By the way. Yeah. Thank you for accepting. Oh, no problem. I was against it. I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. Oh, really? Nah. If you want to step outside, Josh, we can step outside right now, man. <laughs> be kind of hard considering I'm in Texas and you're in, in, in Arizona. Uh, so. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> that's, how, that's how most people are, though, on, on the internet. They're like, yeah, you want to fight? I'm in Australia. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have no plans to go to Brisbane, dude. I, I guess I'm just not going to fight you. So, uh, yeah, they're keyboard warriors. What are you going to do? Back yeah. and forth on the internet until I'm, my hands are tired. So and my eyes are drooping. So uh, not that I haven't done that though. I mean, I've sat there and argued with people for like for hours, like a fool, you know. And then it just gets to then gets hilarious, you know. But well, so, just try to remember that the guy that you're arguing with probably looks like a dude from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. At best, you know, and, and and at worst, he's Ace Ventura coming out of the rhino. So you know, oh, God. sure is hot in these rhinos. <laughs> Arguing with people on Warm. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Warm. So one of the things we we had we we've talked uh, on multiple occasions. We we talked pretty regularly. Actually, we're friends. You had an encounter, and you went on to Vic, Vic kind of show on Dogman Encounters. Indeed. And and so, how was that experience? That was actually kind of nerve wracking in a way, because you know, as you're in the business, Josh, you know, anybody like Vic, it's intimidating to talk to somebody like that. But it was exciting nonetheless. Um, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, t- I've been on that show 13 times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was my first time, whereas, yeah. you know, 13 times for you, man, I think after my 12th time, I'd be used to it too, but yeah, I do. I did a lot of research for that show. Um, that's actually how I met my wife, uh-huh. right? Nelly. Yes. She actually, uh, got in touch with me and she was kind of shy at that time. Didn't want to go on the radio, but she wanted to tell her encounters. And so, People were hitting me up to try to get me to tell their encounters on his show after the second, third time I was on there. They were like, hey, you know, can you tell my encounters? And um, so, yeah, I was going on there and telling people stories, and my wife's story was one of them. 
Oh, very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. That's what she was one of the one so of. So you don't listen to the show, is what you're saying? <laughs> oh, 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 I see. <laughs> that's not right. So, so that that's how we met. But like you, when me and you've talked before, and and you explained to me your encounter, and I've heard it, but I wanted to you to come on the show and tell it, and then we're going to get into some stuff because it has been told before on on Vic's show. But I want you to just for those of the people who don't listen to Dogman Encounters, you've been living under a rock or whatever. Right. Just, just tell tell your encounter, and then we're going to get into some other stuff based around that. That was a very uh, interesting time for me, though. <laughs> it happened about maybe I'd say about two years ago now in October, and you know, around the neighborhood that my friend lived, some of his neighbors were actually having their pets turning up missing. And here in Benson, we've had mountain lions show up before, so you know, when we hear that pets are missing, we think mountain lions or coyotes. It's not really anything uncommon for us. But the weird thing was, is nobody had seen a mountain lion. But nevertheless, we still dismissed it. You know, just, oh, they'll find whatever it is eventually. And it happened that a couple of days after his neighbor's dog disappeared, he went on vacation. So I was tasked with watching his house while he was gone. And that included, you know, morning checkups, afternoon checkups, and nightly checkups. And during a nightly checkup, maybe about midnight, maybe 1230, I had gone out to his house and I was in his backyard and I had heard something in the tree line near his backyard and way back. And at first I just thought, you know, stray dog, coyote, or even maybe a vagrant because he did live near the washes and near the washes. A lot of the homeless people like to take up residence. So, you know, I just, I didn't really think much of it at first until the noises were getting louder. I could hear twigs breaking, rocks being kicked. So, you know, I went to see who it was and I, called out i was like hey and i thought somebody would respond because if it was a human you'd hear somebody go hey back and nobody said anything there was nothing after that and so again i yelled out hey and the second time it was followed by this really deep guttural growl you know and so that's when i just i froze right there wondering what it could be and i kept my eyes on the tree line i could see a figure in silhouette and it was moving slowly towards where i was and as it got closer, I could see, okay, this wasn't your average man. You know, its build wasn't really human-like. So as it got closer, you know, I just, like I said, I stood there frozen in fear with this thing. And it got close enough so it instigated the security lights. And when the security lights hit, there was a very distinct amber glow coming from its eyes. More like the, uh, the goldish amber that a lot of people see. And it unleashed another growl. There's this really long growl. I can't even imitate it with my own voice, but it was a very long growl. And when it got close, it just, it stood there staring at me and I was staring at it, you know, and knowing that this thing could be a predator, I was observing my eyes. So I wasn't making eye contact with it, but I could see the thing's ears going up and going down and going up and going down. Its head was tilting too, you know, and from its facial features, it looked very much like a upright walking hyena. Just picture a hyena with an athletic build, like a basketball player. And that's exactly what was staring right at me, you know? And I just, I didn't know what to do. This was something I had never seen before. In fact, a little uh, trivia here before seeing this thing, I did not believe in the dog man phenomena at all. I thought dog man, werewolves, it was all something made up by movies or novels or whatever. And people were just making their encounters up as they went along. But here I was looking at proof face to face, you know, and it was about 15 feet away. You know, that's not really far. If you think about 15 feet in distance, you could cover that pretty quickly, especially a big guy like you, Josh. You could cover that in no time. Yeah, it depends on what I ate that day. <laughs> so imagine this thing, though. If it really wanted to pounce on me and get me, 
there would be no problem at all. You know, 15 feet isn't a lot of distance for an animal like that to actually cover. But we were just locked in each other's gazes, just trying to maybe size each other up. And it, after a while, it just it started moving forward a bit more again. And then it bluff charged me. You know, it just it dropped to all fours, ran forward. And I just I was frozen. I couldn't move at all. I mean, my brain was saying run and my body's going, uh, no, we're not running at all. And I just stood in place and it suddenly stopped and it just reared back up on its hind legs again. And I remember hearing that popping sound as it was standing up. And that was just something I never forgot. So as I was staring at this thing and it was staring back, it seemed like uh, a long time, like an eternity kind of stretched on as we were staring at each other. But it was probably just a matter of minutes, really. You know, and then eventually it started backing away very slowly. And as it was backing away, I kept my eyes on it until it was far enough so I could, you know, see it was, you know, not within the same distance. And when it was far enough, I ran back into my friend's house and just locked the doors behind me, locked the windows you know, I call my friend up and I'm telling him, yo, you got something in your backyard. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't a coyote. It wasn't a mountain lion. And he thought I was nuts. Of course, you know, a friend like that's going to think you didn't see anything like that, Ryan. Come on, you're you're tripping, you're hallucinating. And next day he came home and we went back to where I had seen this thing. And in the ground, you could actually see the scuff marks from where the claws were hitting the rocks and the sand. And there were a lot of broken branches and all that stuff that I described during my story. So I was going to ask you that um you saw this in october that's when that's the month uh wolf had his encounter with the, his dog man was in october oh that's interesting yeah what what day I, of the month do you remember uh it had to be mid-october it wasn't quite halloween just yet so i'd say mid-october there's a lot of sightings that happen in october and nelly yeah yeah I, it tends to make me believe that these things might hibernate and the ones yeah, that you see outside of that they're the scouts that, you know. You see, take- like more in the fall than you do even in the summer. It seems it seems like that way. Mm-hmm. Another month that's a big is December. Like uh, two people from my hometown have seen the, these things, and one of them had a hyena type encounter, much oh. like you did, and and the other one, I, I think she saw the same thing I did, the same creature. And uh, she's my distant cousin. She's like my fourth cousin, but she saw it in like December. So October has kind of always confused me because really in Arizona, you can't really count on October being warm or cold. Yeah, here neither. Yeah. Yeah. Last year it was actually reasonably warm for October, but the year before it was very, very cold. Yeah. Yeah. It's hit or miss here. It can be cold or it can be, it can be hot. It's just kind of whatever the cycle of whatever's going on. Yeah. Now, I, I, okay. So trying to wrap my mind around. So you, what did it look like? Give me a good description. All right. Well, picture, you know, the ugliest hyena that you can possibly imagine. You know, the short snout, the rounded ears, the kind of square-shaped head. And that's what the face looked like, but the eyes were very far apart. They weren't set where a normal canine would be. They were more angled out, I guess you could say. You know, and they were quite big eyes, too. They were quite large, but they definitely had that amber glow to them. And I could see the fangs hanging down from the upper lip, you know, and it's arms actually hung down past its kneecaps or what you would call kneecaps, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure if these things actually have kneecaps, but you know, as far as the build goes, it wasn't like most people report where they're really super muscular, overly muscular. It was more like a basketball player. Well, That's more, really the best kind of build I can give it. Like if you took a tall rangy creature, basically. Yeah. 
almost like it was malnourished in a way, I guess, possibly. Mm. So you might have been on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it intended any harm. I really don't. Because if it wanted to get me, it would have been more stealth in its approach. Well, then again, I mean, like, you know, just to play, you know, if it was a malnourished creature and it's desperate, it's not going, it's probably not thinking clearly enough to really, it's not going to be trying that. You know what I mean? It's just going to do whatever it can. But you didn't get the the impression that it was trying to stalk you or to come after you. It just kind of stumbled on you. Yeah, I just got the impression, too, that maybe it was kind of curious in its own way because its ears were going up and down. Now, you know how when you talk to a dog, their ears will go up and they'll go back down and everything? That's what its ears were doing. So I got to wonder if there's something about me that drew that one to me and it was just kind of wondering what I was doing there. Would it be like striped or spotted? More spotted. I could see a couple of spots along the upper arm. Well, you know, I got into it with with a couple different people, you know, researchers or whatever, and I'm sure you actually know who these people are. But I got into it with them, and they tried to convince me that that the the case at the Hernandez Ranch were striped hyena type creatures, and I kept telling them that's not the description I'm getting, and they're like, "Oh, they had stripes. It had to be a hyena." I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, no, I've never really heard of hyenas having stripes too often." Yeah, and and I kept well. There there is a type that has kind of like a rings around. You know, it's kind of got like these rings. But yeah, and but it's not. That's not what I was. That's not the reports I was getting. um, Didn't sound anything like that from the Hernandez Ranch. And I got into it with a couple of these people. You know, they're idiots, but they were (laughs) determined to, to like push the agenda that it was some sort of like creature, like hyena type creature. And I was like, that's not. That's not correct. Um, because that's not the type of, uh, hyenas have spots, not stripes. Were they referring to like maybe a hyena don or something along those lines? Well, I mean, I I don't know exactly what they were trying to, there, there is a striped hyena though. I I mean, you can look it up. It's what you can just, just type in, uh, striped hyena. It comes right up on Wikipedia, but they were trying and, and it's, it's a lot more rare than, than the regular spotted hyenas. And in fact, I think the striped hyenas are, I want to say, I should probably look it up, but I want to say that they are, are, are more like they, they go in pairs or they're solo as opposed to like the pack uh, hyena type uh, creatures. But the one that was, that was told to me by a person that's a friend of ours uh, that, that gave me permission to, to tell his story. He has a cell phone repair place here in Austin really does a very good job. Austin cell repair. And uh, he gave me his story and actually, it happened to him and a friend of mine that I grew up with named Sean, who I had never, he, Sean had never told me about this because I hadn't talked to him in years, but he uh, used to own a gun shop there in, in, right outside of my hometown. And him and my friend that, that uh, owns a cell, cell phone repair shop, I didn't even know they were friends. You know, I knew them independently of each other. And he said, yeah, me and my buddy Sean, we were driving around and it was in December from what I remember him telling me. And uh, he claims that they saw this creature. It was it was crazy, and they said that they were they were they were driving down a county road, right there in between Taylor and Hutto, and it was uh, I think close to dusk. He said, "Is that what he said, honey?" Mm-hmm. And he said that they they came up on this creature and it stood up, and it looked like a hyena type creature, and it stood up on its hind legs, and he said that it was muscular, big up top, um, had the backward bent legs. Like very classic dogmanish looking creature, but with the hyena type. Uh, and then I, you know, I've got I've had people try to tell me, you know, over the years that that there that there are these 
these different people who are seeing this creature. And I, and I've been told that stripes is, was, was some sort of striped hyena. And I'm like, that's not the description I got. The description I got, the one I saw was a very timber wolfish looking creature. And the, the, the most of the reports and the, and the guy that I was with that night. And then, then of course, some of his family members, they, they all reported the same thing. It was, it was a timber wolfish looking creature. Um, a very much a werewolf type looking creature, but uh, yeah, experience are really fascinating. I mean, hyenas aren't even canines, so it does. Yeah, make yeah, you we wonder, talked about that. Yeah, yeah, it makes you wonder how there can be a hyena type dog man, but people are seeing this. I mean, I'm one of them, so we can't deny that they're out there. It's just very strange how that occurred. Well, they used to roam this area. I mean, and, you know, and we did the show with Ken. And, you know, we talk about that on the show where, where they used to roam around in this area. Um, yeah, they used to be in Montana. Yeah, and, and all over it, where you're at, where I'm at, and, and they, they were – and there was another a creature that Ken uh, – he kind of schooled us on that that we didn't know. And we, we were both kind of shocked by that, but that there was a creature that was, was a hyena-like canine. Right, it was very, I remember that. Yeah, he said that. It was a very – hyena like so that that's that's weird i mean like okay you have like i did a show with sal about these hyena cryptids and it was all about people seeing these oversized hyena type cryptid like you said the hyena done and one of them was so big that it rammed into someone's vehicle and you know and and like you know threw their vehicle out of alignment you know but the, <laughs> and, and there were some guys out in the permian basin they got chased out of an oil field from with one of these creatures and another guy claimed like after airing that show, I still have this encounter and I was saving it for a, a second round of hyena. And then me and you've been kicking this around for a while to do a show about this. Yeah, so I've been here. saving that encounter, but the, he claims to have shot one. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And, and, but it, it wasn't standing up on hind legs or anything, but it was, according to him, he probably, it was estimated probably around 300 pounds. Which is a oh. massive animal on on all fours. Yeah, that's a beast. And he said he shot it like what would have been right up under its spine, but he said that it just kind of flinched, and it just took off running on all fours. And he says it was absolutely a hyena. I mean, like it was a hyena. And he said there was no way around it. He goes, I've seen the Discovery Channel, you know, and I've seen them fighting lions and whatever. He goes, it was a hyena, but it was just a ginormous hyena. And uh, there have been people in that in, in, in West Texas in particular who've said that many times that they have seen these creatures. Uh, me and you discussed that there was one in, outside, of, outside of San Angelo where the woman's dog had gotten attacked. Now, I got one that was right outside of Lubbock, another one too. But, you know, by the same token, my friend Arash, he owns a, a bar, you know, here in, in Austin. And um, he, he owns a, a place called Spinner's. It's a, it's a restaurant, bar and grill, whatever. But... He has talked very openly and frank, frankly, very open and frankly about um, this encounter that he had, and it, he said that it was very timber wolfish, like it looked like a werewolf, and that was in Lubbock. And the, but then I get these encounters in that area, and they're all, they're very hyena sounding, but it's obviously two different creatures, two different things going on. Well, talking to Vic Cundiff, you know, he said that the uh, the hyena types seem to gravitate towards the warmer climates. So I'm not really too surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense considering that it's an African animal, you know. But like when we talked to Ken, we, you know, he did mention, you know, we and we talked about this, that it is a warm weather creature, that it is 
you know, it was found in this area a long time ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. And now they're supposedly extinct. So maybe there's a relic population, but how they're standing on two legs and walking around on two legs, I, I have no idea. Now, I do have a couple of encounters that we can go over and I'll throw those out there and then you, Ryan, and Nelly can give me your feedback. All right. Let's do it. And Magua will show you the way. <laughs> and so... So, okay, so the, the one you saw really quickly, let me go right back over this. It was, how tall do you think it was? I would have to guess maybe about six and a half, you know, not quite seven. It was tall, but not overly tall either. It was taller than me. Now I'm only five, ten and a half, so that's not hard to do. But yeah, it appeared more like six and a half. Was there an odor? Oh, yeah, yeah. It smelled like rotted meat and feces, urine, body odor, all those bad smells siphoned into one being. Jeez, sounds like some of the strip clubs I've been in. Oh. <laughs> Golly. Uh, so, so, so you, okay, so you, and you were only 15 feet away from this thing? That's about how far yeah. I was from, from the one I saw, but mine was like seven and a half feet tall. That's not really far at all. You know, no. if you were to take a yardstick and measure that out, you know, 15 feet's not far for these things to cover. At all. <laughs> I could have got one you in one or, one or two pounces. Yeah, it's all it's over. Right, exactly. You know, I was frozen in place, so if I tried to run, man, I wasn't making it anywhere. What, what, now, when this happened, were you, was it like in a rural area? I mean, I know you were like in your neighborhood, but is it rural there? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a community of houses, but, you know, along the backyards, they had the foothills and the rolling hills that we have here in Benson. And something to note, too, of the hills here in Benson, we have a lot of abandoned mines. This used to be a mining town. So Ooh. there's plenty of places for these things to hide. You know, I was going to say, that's probably where they came from. Yeah, nobody goes into those mines because we're not supposed to because they're so dangerous. But, you know, animals don't listen to rules. Mm -hmm. And and so so the, the, this thing could have come up out of there. and It could very well have. Did it seem comfortable on two legs? It did, yeah. It seemed very fluid in its motions, and it just didn't seem very reluctant to move. So it seemed like it had done that for quite some time. Was there a full moon? I mean, how well lit was it? No, when there, you was, there was no full moon that night. I mean, I kind of wish there were, because that full moon would have given me some more light to see. Well, and it's too bad that, you know, you know, of course, everybody always says this, that we didn't take out a camera. And take a, of course, mine was a 1990. I wouldn't have had a camera, but if, you know... You got to remember, too, though, I didn't believe in these things. You know, I believed in Sasquatch and the Loch Ness Monster, but the Dogman, I just never really took much consideration of. So I wouldn't have a camera ready for that. How long ago was this? About two years. Yeah, you said two years. Okay, mm -hmm. so so at, at, so all the way up until, let's say, 2018, probably, mm -hmm. that, that's when it happened? Yeah. You didn't believe in Dogman? It wasn't that I didn't really believe. I think I was just discounting it because it sounded too fanatical for me. You know, because I mean, Bigfoot's one thing, you know, you can kind of look at it and go, eh, that might not be the case, or eh, I guess there's something out there. But when you hear about upright walking canines, you know, you kind of go, wait, what? You know, and that's what I was doing. I think I was just in denial at the time. So it sounded too fantastical to you? Is that what you mean? Or do you, yeah. do you literally mean fanatical as in people that are fans of it are just nuts? I think a little bit of both, you know, because okay. I thought that some people were taking horror movie characters and transplanting them into real life. And then, you know, it's just cryptozoology was getting carried away as it often does, as you know, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, and you had, like we've talked about this too. There are many different camps too. I mean, and some people are just so close minded 
it's like their their camp is absolutely correct and everyone else is just full of crap and and I, that's one thing i just don't follow something that might interest both of you is i actually had a discussion this morning i'll refrain from saying any names but this guy was a flat earther who believed in the mandela effect he also believed that birds were not real that they were government drones by the way and he thought that people like you and i and other cryptozoologists were crazy for studying cryptids because they were not going to exist it's impossible for them to exist you know and i was trying to debate with this guy i'm like how is it you can believe that the earth is flat but you don't believe in undiscovered animals well, the thing thing is, I mean, like, I, I don't just, dis, you know, discount anybody's beliefs or theories or whatever, but when right. people try to tell me I, what I saw or what I didn't see and they try to argue it, you know, I'm like, look, I, all I know is what I saw and I know what others have given me. And I've probably taken 200 accounts of these things at this point, you know, two, maybe more. Shoot. I mean, I get reports of them all the time, but, you know, and you got to take it with a grain of salt. And I, I would say, let's say 200 believable accounts. Let's put it, that's a better way to put it. That sounds about right. Yeah. And, and, and the rest, you know, you can put them in, in a, in a, you know, who knows. And, and there, there's a lot of people that'll tell you, look, I saw this. If you believe me, you believe me. If you don't, you don't. I believe right. there are people that are experiencers and they have a plethora of encounters with these things. But I also believe, you know, like like somebody that you're arguing with, you know, you, 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 I gave up because you're not going to change people's minds. They're gonna they're gonna have to see it to believe yeah, that's it. A good point. And well, I mean, you know, if, when you bring up valid points to this guy because you know I was bringing up like the Billy Ape, you know how they eluded discovery for so long. He's just he's hitting me back with, oh, they're man made animals like the panda bear, like the giraffe, and you know that just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard people say things like you know that that we're living in a matrix, which I believe to, to a degree that that that's that's a possible thing. I mean, I've had so many people tell me they've had all these weird experiences and stuff. So that that that's a possible. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's probable, but it's possible that right. we could be living in some sort of you know whatever. biological. Yeah, biological sure. matrix or whatever. But as far as like the government creating, you know, like I, I've talked to many people, and and, and most people don't subscribe to the idea that they are um, government created. Although I do believe that anything that's out there can, can and will be taken and manipulated and tampered Tampered with. with. Yes. I do think one of them is the government made one, the fat heads. Yeah. I've heard of that. I've heard of these soldier types as they call them. Like they're, they're like, they're like dog man on steroids. And and, and so government made. Yeah. And the Gugwe too. And that's a creature for another show that we're going to do eventually with you because you have a lot, you've done a lot of research and study on that. And we have in common something else. We're, we're both interested in the devil monkey phenomena. Yes, we are very much so. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's something that we have to, we're going to have to talk about at some point because de- devil monkeys are another whole nother ball of wax. And I had the, okay. Now the other day, and there's this guy and you know him too, because Ryan, Ryan, you and me run in the same circles and, he's the militant. Okay. I'm not going to get into who, cause he'll give it too much of it away, but he's very militant and he's going to kill all the dog man and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. So this guy, I got into it with him and he was discounting poo pooing the gugwee and the, and the devil monkey and saying that they're all different versions of dog man and oh. the, the Sasquatch. Yeah. And he said that he says that Sasquatch and dog man, that's all there is. It's just those two things. And that everything else is just different versions of those. And he even believes that there's a snouted Sasquatch. And then I had this other guy that, that was backing him up saying that all dogmen are actually sn- snouted Bigfoot. 
So then those two got into it, and I just walked off. I'm like, yeah, let them fight it out because I'm not going to. You know, I hate to say this, but I think in a way they might be onto something in a sense, only that maybe when somebody is seeing a gugwee or something along those lines, they're reporting it as a dogman. So I think they're right in a way, but they're pretty far off basis in another. Well, I, you know, it takes all kinds. But when somebody starts, you know, attacking, you know, my belief and what I've seen and what I know to be real, you know, just because of what I've seen, you know, I'm going to defend my turf. But as far as like them being strictly physical or them being strictly spiritual, I don't believe that. Now, I do believe in the skinwalker and I believe that there are a lot of dogman encounters that involve a lot of spirit of the spiritual nature because they do things that defy the laws of physics. Um, for example, my wife's encounter, um, she's had two, the, the one was, had to be ethereal because it appeared in, in her, in, in her house as a child, right, honey? Mm-hmm. Well, when I first saw it, I would have bet a hundred percent that it was flesh and blood, but then it backed up into the shadow of the door and faded into the darkness of the shadow like it wasn't there and when it had walked in the room and when it was pacing the hallway it was very heavy it had sustenance to it it was very heavy and it was solid when i first laid eyes on it so that mine was frightening goodness (laughs) well the one i saw and ryan i think we talked about this too and for you listeners at home, I'm, I might have mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. The, uh, my friend's brother had said something to you know to the effect last December that it had some sort of vapors coming off of its neck or back or head, whatever the back the back of its head, its neck, which made me think, well, that's you know, it's hard to put your finger on the more the more you <clears throat> the more you study it. You know, the more you get closer to what you think are answers, the more questions pop up. So oh, what yeah. I'm going to do right now is I'm going to tell y'all I have two encounters here about the hyena type cryptid, the, the dog man uh, type cryptid. And you guys can tell me what that what that is or what you think that is. Uh, the first one I'll, I'll talk about. Now, this one happened near Amarillo. Now, there you go again. It's in this west uh, corridor. And then the other one actually happened right outside of Phoenix. So there you go again. It, it is definitely in that same uh, corridor, that southwest corridor. So we'll get into the first one. This one happened to somebody in, in their Amarillo. And this one happened, they, they lived out in the country, um, way out in the country, just right outside of Amarillo. And, and they claimed that this happened to their, this happened a long time ago. This, this would have happened back in the 80s. When this happened, and they they said it was their uncle's place that they later moved into. So it was uh, it happened when they were kids. Now they were all staying in and for the summer, and they were all playing, and they were a bunch of kids. There were six children, and they were cousins. Um, like and and there were six of them that were staying the night there, but they were at, during the day there was ten, eleven of them all playing out in the yard. Um, it was a pretty big property that that was like it encompassed a few acres. And so while they were playing, uh, they said they were playing kickball. And the person that gave me the story said that it was one of those things where they were kind of half playing, but then it was more arguing than playing. And then people were kind of stopping and and not, and not participating. And then they would start back up. Kind of how kids do, you know. And, but the commotion and the arguing and all the whatever might have attracted this thing. And one of them looks up and sees this uh, this type of creature kind of hunched down like in a ditch. And they were like, what is that? And then they all started looking at it. 
and they thought it was, they saw its head moving, but they didn't see like the rest of the body. And so one of the older kids that decides to be cute and throws a rock at it. And then when he threw the rock at it, it growled and it jumped up out of the ditch. And they said it had really skinny lower body and it was almost kind of emaciated looking, very similar to what you were talking about. Uh, kind of skinny and it had like a, a very skinny face. Um, but, but you know, the girl said that looking back on that years later, like she did some research and she said that it looked like a hyena. But at the time they just thought it was an ugly dog and it was still on all fours and it lunged out at them and they all scattered and, and they all went in different directions. But then ultimately they all ran inside the house and it was getting dark. It was almost dark. And their uncle who was supposed to be the aunt and uncle was supposed to be watching them. They had gone into town to get some food or whatever. So they were all alone. So the oldest kid was like 14. The youngest kid was like six. So, you know, you had this, the, the, the age ranges of children from six to 14. And then there were two or three little ones that had gone with the aunt and uncle. And I guess one of the other adults or whatever. So, they had gone into town, and and so there was one adult that was there that was supposed to be watching them, but apparently this adult was passed out of sleep in one of the rooms, and they all ran in there to try to wake her up or whatever, and apparently she, oh man, she had some sort of a problem that she took substances, and so she was like unconscious, uh, not really able to help or do anything. And so th- this 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 lady was no help. So they all piled into the house, and this thing was going around the house, looking in from window to window. They all got a very good look at it, and eventually it left. It it, it went it went off. They all got a very good look at it. It had a short, bushy tail, um, very much like a hyena. They didn't see it standing up on its hind legs at all, but it was elongated and had these weird, the, a weird looking body. The front legs looked almost like hands. And it would stand up on just kind of halfway and look into the window. So when this thing finally dispersed, the the adults came back. They were all in hysterics. They were freaking out. Parents were called and, you know, the, a couple of the aunts or whatever, uncles, whatever, came and got the kids. There were, there were six of them that stayed because they, they for their family, was in El Paso. So it was a long ways away. So they were staying there for a couple of weeks. So there, there were three children that lived in that house, and then three that stayed that were from that were her, the lady that gave me the story, that her sister and her brother. So there were six kids. Well, later that night, they hear a scratching at the front door. Then they hear a pounding, like a bang, 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 and they look outside the window, and this thing is on the porch. While it's on the porch, they it's standing on the porch. It's not. It's standing up on all, all, all on two legs, not on all fours. It's not a four-legged creature anymore. It's standing there, and she said that it, it it literally like jumped off the porch. They could smell a strong smell of urine through the door. So the thing actually urinated on the on the front steps, and then it ran around the other side of the building, the house, and the 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 young lady that was uh, supposed to be watching them to begin with the the, the first whatever she had woken up at that point. And was screaming hysterically because it was looking at her through the window. And then there was uh, this woman, like, in panic. And so the the, uh, the her uncle had gone to grab a gun and was, like, trying to find where this thing was at. And he was determined to go outside the front. Now, he hadn't seen this thing yet. All he heard was people yelling, screaming, and in panic. So he wasn't as scared as everyone else. And everyone else was telling him, no, don't go outside. 
So he ran out on the deck of the back and he saw this thing running through the yard. He took a shot at it with a four, with a 410, which isn't going to do much. <laughs> and so while he's trying to reload or whatever to get this another shot, whatever, this thing hops up onto the deck and stands on all fours. And then he runs back into the house and it tore through the screen and cracked the door, the back of the door. Now they called the they called the sheriff's department, you know, eventually. But this thing cr- climbed up, uh, up on they they said it climbed up onto the to the house, and they could see through the window of the dining room the legs dangling down. And she said, "I'll never forget. I saw its legs dangling down. They were real skinny, and it and it climbed up onto the roof. And they said that it was on the roof, and it was like they could hear it pounding, boom, 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 onto the roof. This thing was very aggressive, very agitated, and very angry." And she said this went on for like hours. The sheriff's department finally came. Um, it did break through one of the windows and it, they took a shot at it from through one of the windows. Actually, it was the aunt that did it this time. They had a pistol and a shotgun and they were just defending the house, basically. So th- this story, like, was, was it struck me, you know, because it was an aggressive encounter and this thing was very aggressive. And then it, and then it just eventually just went off into the darkness. And then shortly after that, the sheriff's department finally got around to getting out there and they're like, yeah, we were attacked by this creature. <laughs> and when they were asked to give the description, the the one cop uh, was a young guy. And when they started talking about it, he was just like, okay, like he totally did not believe what they were saying. But then the second uh, cop that, that showed up, he was an older guy, and he actually told them when they started describing it, he was like, oh, okay. He didn't uh, make a face or disbelieve them or whatever. Once the younger guy had gone back out to his car, he was a, a lower-ranking officer. He dismissed that guy, and he, the, the older police officer stayed behind. And uh, the sheriff's deputy told him, you know, he had heard of, of this before. This isn't the first time he'd heard of this creature in that area. And that they had gotten reports of a creature very similar to that in that area. And so, you know, I don't know what we're dealing with, you know, as far as, but it's obviously that, that this thing exists out there. It was in that area. So I would say that it was a unique encounter, um, but not, it's not because a friend of ours was going through, it was a friend of ours, like I, on Facebook, but he was going through Amarillo going up and he was going to head up to Colorado. And uh, he saw this hyena looking type creature north of Amarillo coming out of, of, of the, you know, like on the side of the road coming out of the darkness and it ran right behind his car. He saw it as he passed it and then and his wife was asleep and it ran right behind his car and he saw it in the rearview mirror and he said it was, it was hunched over and it was running on two legs and it had a ridge on its back. So that was right around that same area. So uh, you, you guys tell me what you think of that. I mean, what came to mind when you mentioned the urinating on the porch was territoriality or something to do with territory. Maybe the uh, screaming and the running of the kids kind of attracted this thing's attention and drew one instinct. So it was the children's fault that, that the thing attacked their house. Yes, blame the children. They threw a rock at it. So <laughs> <laughs> Bad little kids getting what they deserve. <laughs> This thing can't stand up and go, hey, naughty kids, don't throw rocks at me. No, no, no. Mm. It's got to do what an animal does. Yeah. Only you can prevent getting eaten by a hyena, Don. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in, in, the, in the children's defense, I mean, in, in, the, in the hyena thing's defense, whatever, I pee all the time. 
I'm territorial too. Like me and my wife are at the mall and I was at pink and this lady was high pitched talking real high pitch. And I just went over there and started urinating on the sweatshirts. I was like, you know what? This is mine now. I own this. Nelly was all embarrassed. Yeah, just never pee on the electric fence, Josh. You'll be okay. <laughs> like Ren and Stimpy. No, I, I just, you know, and then they got everybody got all weird and they called the security and they were like, you can't do that here, sir. You need to leave. And I ended up getting a ban, which I was actually glad because I hate going in that place. Nelly still me. thinks I did it for the ban, but that's not true. I was, just, I was trying to assert my dominance. That's it. I that's heard. what he's got to do, Nelly, though. That's how you do it. When people are being weird, you got to assert dominance and just go ahead and do what you got to do. You I'm got, going you to throw a rock at him. <laughs> You know, that's it. You just got to stop. You just got to pee, man. You just got to <laughs> urinate. That's it. So justify to then pee on your bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this thing urinated in front of the house, and uh, you believe that it was just trying to establish a territorial territoriality. You said territorial dominance. Yeah, I think the high pitched voices of the kids kind of triggered the response, the natural instinct response from that. Because with canines, anything high pitched affects them far more than it affects us. It's almost like a threat to them when it's high pitch. If it's a canine. If it's a canine. But that would also probably apply to a hyena, even though it's of the weasel family. It probably same same principle. Applies. Yeah, they behave like canines, essentially. Mm-hmm. Pack animals. Predatorial, yeah, predatorial animals. What about you, Nelly? What do you think? I think they aggravated it, and it was just doing everything it could to make them afraid and, and uh, attack let them know that you know they agitated it and so it attacked the house Mm -hmm. as far as she she knows the the lady i corresponded with she did not have any other encounters her whole life with this thing never not once nobody else involved did either they didn't even see it again so it moved on possibly migrated somewhere else maybe i mean maybe it just decided that it was going to pull that shenanigan that night and it didn't work so it, it wanted him to move out so he could have the house, and they decided not to li- leave. And so he was like, rats. So he left, went somewhere else. <laughs> oh, so he had his eye on the property. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Or it could have had small, a small litter maybe around You think it was a female? Maybe. No. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, the female hyena is the dominant one. Yeah, um, and th- that's another thing, too. And the females have mock male genitalia. So they yes, all they have, have they all have mel- so that that's a question I asked about the genitalia. She said she didn't remember the genitalia, like any genitalia. But she was a little six year or no seven year old kid when it happened. She don't remember seeing anything but this creature, you know. Because I asked her what did it look like? Was it male or female? She's like, I don't know, I don't remember. And so I had the question for you: Did you see anything that could show you that it was male or female? Uh, from what I could see, I mean, there were indications that it was male you know you can see what might have been a you know a scrotum hanging down there but but there again if it's a hyena type creature it's going to have male and female yeah and i suppose like maybe it would have the teats too if it was a female so maybe it was just a male yeah i think it might have just been a young male or maybe just you know an underfed male that was passing through so here here's a story that i got this one happened right outside of, of of Amarillo. Somebody that was driving through Amarillo, it's a friend of mine on Facebook. Um, very short encounter, but still the same. It's a hyena-type cryptid. They were driving north of Amarillo, going to, they were heading to Colorado. And they live in West Texas. And they were driving out there in the dark. And out of the darkness, this thing comes up to the side of the road and it was on all fours, but then it stood up on its hind legs. And it was obviously very hyena like, uh, 
And then it got back down on all fours. And as the, as they passed it, he said his wife was in the passenger She was sound asleep. This thing ran across the road, but he said that he saw it come up on, on the hind legs as it ran across the road. It was on all fours, and then it got back up on, a, on, on two legs and crossed the road. That have a ridge on its back, looked very hyena-like. And this was late at night, you know, like he said, two in the morning, pitch dark out there. And uh, so, yeah, right in that same area. I mean, not not like super close, but but, you know, in the same general vicinity, you know, and I'm not going to say it's the same creature, but a, a type of creature like that. And it wasn't overly large either. It wasn't like a humongous creature. Um, he said it was about six foot tall if he had to put an estimate on it. But it was wide. It was large. So, you know, there you go. And then the other one I had was near Phoenix. And this one was a husband and a wife uh, and a sister-in-law, because the guy was telling me the story. They broke down the side of the road and they were parked and the guy had, had gotten out of the car to see what was wrong. The radiator had overheated. And so he had the hood up or whatever. And they called for a roadside assistance or whatever. And they were sitting there waiting or whatever. This wasn't that long ago. This was like, I think he said like six, seven years ago, playing on his phone and they were just waiting for the, the tow truck or I mean the, the roadside assistance is tow truck, I guess the tow truck. And, uh, and, and out of the darkness, same thing, but very, very similar uh, to, to the other guys encounter. They see this thing run across the road and he was like, oh my gosh, he tells his wife, he's like, that looks like a hyena. And it spotted everything, just run across the road, followed by a smaller one. And for some reason, they thought that they just got the impression that the bigger one was like um, an adult and the small one was like a, like a, like a juvenile not just because of the size, but because of the way the small one was like, like running right, right, right behind it and was kind of looking around nervous. And it was in the middle of, of, of the night, whatever. And then they get the roadside assistance, the a roadside assistance guy comes, whatever. And he ends up giving them a ride. And then they, they end up, the roadside assistance guy ends up getting a tow truck or whatever, because they can't do anything for the vehicle, but they, but he gave them a ride and then they end up having that they get a tow truck or something. It was a big mess. I forgot how he told me what happened. Well, the first guy gives him a ride, and then they call a tow truck to go in and whatever. And as they're driving into town to get into Phoenix to get you know to to get situated or whatever, while their vehicle is getting going to be worked on the next day. On the way over there, this guy that's driving them, they told them they said we saw these two creatures that looked like hyenas. And the guy goes, oh, you've seen them? And he goes, oh, yeah, they, they, they look like uh, hyenas, but they, they run around on two legs. And he, they were like, what? Because <laughs> like, that's not what they saw. But this guy goes, yeah. He goes, one night I was in this same area, and I was, I was you know, helping some people or whatever, and the, they had been terrorized by these things. One of them had gone up to this people's car and had just literally lunged up, up onto the side of their car and was shoving it, pushing it on its hind legs. And it had this weird looking hands with these black nails and was pushing their car. And then when they were sitting there yelling and screaming about that one, another one came up and was like climbing up on the back of the trunk and where the trunk was at and then uh, ran across the top of the roof. And it was, they said the first one was big and the, the second one was about half the size of that one. And 
they were on hind legs. I mean, it was, you know, and then they, they harassed these people. And then when his lights, the lights came around the corner, the curve, whatever, they took off. And uh, that's what these people told him. So he said, this, and he actually told these people that they were like the third people who had said something to them. And then, but but the, there were the other two, the other encounter that that he had talked about to them. He said that that one wasn't wasn't bad. It was just like there, some people had seen these hyenas come out of the 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 whatever, but that one of them was was up on two legs, kind of hunched over. So it wasn't dramatic, but that one it was like it was literally, you know, like this thing came out of the darkness and started harassing them and messing with them, you know, and it's desert, you know. It's a deserty area, and it's very similar terrain as to the West Texas sightings. Um, in fact, if you went from West Texas all the way to Southern California, it's pretty much one big desert. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, what do you think of that? The weird thing is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really have any stories to connect in between the New Mexico area. Once you get into that New Mexico area, it's like skinwalker territory. Right, and you start hearing about the Navajo reservation and and the different creatures that are coming out of the darkness there. You're right. not really getting the hyena reports. I mean, have you like you know you having been in this field and, and studying these cryptids? Have you gotten any reports like out of the New Mexico area of these hyenas, or is it mostly just Arizona, Texas, California? I've gotten one or two from the Mexico area where it's hyena types, but for the most part, when it comes out of that area, it's the timber wolf type. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have to wonder why the big division there. Uh, you know, that's weird. That's the thing that I was trying to figure out, and I've been trying to figure that out because, you know, out of New Mexico, you get a lot of weird stuff, a lot of UFO stuff. You know, and yeah, the, you really do. It's a supernatural hotspot in that area. It is, and then the area where we were at, Nelly, when we went up to the end of the mountain gods, what's that place? Uh, Redoso, mm -hmm. man, we got some weird stuff out of there. I mean, it's that like a giant, oversized uh, lizard, yeah, like a big Gila monster looking creature, and then we got some oh, other gosh. like Bigfoot type creature, Skinwalker stories. I'm telling you, in that area, big time, people that see like these uh, these deer with teeth. <laughs> it's oh, so, man. yeah, it's so weird. Some of the stuff we the deer with teeth, it's just too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, much for me too right there that's just no thank you yeah that that's when it's time to just pack it in i i don't want to see that i'm good i yeah. mean you know I, I had a guy who was hunting out there on the other side of roswell and he saw deer with teeth and i'm going like wow i'll talk about that one day sort of a wendigo type preacher or something would that be wendigo though yeah if wendigo type i mean i don't, I don't know what, what what is a wendigo i mean like is would that be well, a wendigo not in that area really with a Back at the actual original descriptions of the Wendigo, they never really had antlers. No, no, it's more like the rake, you know, or mm -hmm. the flesh gate, as they call it. But um, right. it is, and, and it, but you know what? I've talked about the rake, and then I get all these attacks. I'm getting like, that's not a, it's a Wendigo. It's not a Wendigo. Wendigo doesn't look like that. And then they start arguing with me, and then you know, every, Nelly's laughing because she knows every time I do a story or I tell someone's story, then I get two other people that argue with me about what it is. And, and I'm that's like, because everybody's falling prey to the movies, though. With the Wendigo, though, really, they didn't have the deer antlers. That was a Hollywood edition that they put in when they made the movie Wendigo. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Well, not only that, but the artwork, too. Like, you, you see all these, like, uh, just depictions of these 
Um, now, I got a guy that, that told me a story uh, near Mathis, or near Robstown, actually, on the other side of Corpus, who told me a story about um, a it, it looks like a werewolf, dude, but with antlers. And it was almost like a werewolf wearing the horned dog man. The horned dog man. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a werewolf wearing antlers, and they told us this that, story. That sounds like one of the uh, the Greek mythologies. I'll have to look it up for you because I forget the name right off the gate here. But uh, yeah, there's a Greek mythological character that has that. Wow. Hornus Canius. <laughs> Hornius Canius. Yeah. As far as the deer man things go, you know, the people that use the humanoids you see with the deer horns, look up Hearn the Hunter. Hearn the Hunter is actually, it's a Celtic thing, but they described a human with deer antlers. And so, th- so this thing, like, um, like what, what, what people are talking about, like they see, it's like I said, it's like there's a division there. It's like West Texas. And then there's like this dividing line going into New Mexico and then New Mexico, it's very skinwalker ish type stuff. Like, I mean, I I could tell you two or three stories just out of New Mexico's skinwalkers, but we'll do this again and we'll, we'll, we'll get into some stuff. You know, that could be where the division comes in where people are both right and wrong. When we say they're flesh and blood and they say they're just spiritual. I do think the ones maybe in the New Mexico region are more spiritual, but what I seen was flesh and blood. Yeah, because it would make sense because they call them, you know, pretty much the devils out in New Mexico. So obviously they've done some spiritual stuff that would denote those names, whereas the ones I've seen, you know, it's just it seemed more flesh and blood. I think there's both. I think there's some think that are right. flesh and blood. And then there's Yeah, just... Josh and I have a common theory too. Yeah, because because the skinwalker can take on the form of any any creature. Doesn't it need its pelt, though? Um, uh, no, not necessarily. From from what I've been told, each tribe has its own tradition of what that is, and of course, there are actually Irish traditions of it, uh, Viking and Celtic traditions of these things, and it just depends on the uh, the, the region, depends on the creature. I mean, on what they're trying to do. I think that that yeah, there are some that claim that you have to have a pelt. Uh, I know the Germanic traditions believe that. It's weird. The order. Yeah, yeah, the order. Oh, yeah, that's that's the show. show. Yeah, Yeah, that's a pretty good show too. Yeah, well, you know, I I just it's one of those things like with the skinwalker type uh, creatures, and like I said, we we can definitely do a show about that. But there, there, there is this territory that seems to be when you get any encounters in that area, that's what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. But then when you go further further west, then you get more of the hyena type creatures, and then you get a mixed bag. Because I've gotten plenty of uh, Dogman stories. Well, not, not plenty, but I've gotten a few out of Arizona, too, that had the Timberwolfish look. You know, I, I, I... Many of those in this area, but I'm sure they're there, too, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and a lot of times the territories don't really overlap. I mean, it's weird because, like, in like Devil's Backbone over here, you got one side that's, like, very Dogman, and the other side is almost all exclusively Bigfoot. Yeah, it's very interesting how that works. I mean, would they really fight over territory and be that exclusive? Or or they just know to stay out of each other's way. I mean Could it be more like the hippos and the crocs? Possibly. I mean, I thought about that's another thing I thought about. You know, like one of the researchers I'm friends with lives up in North Texas and he was telling me that he definitely believes that they are like they they just know to stay out of each other's way. And Vic and me have talked about that too. I mean, like he kind of believes the same way. Like you know, wherever the dog man is, the Bigfoot just kind of move on and go somewhere else. And I, right. you know, and then Linda Godfrey, of course, you know, if you go back and listen to that show, I'm not talking to you, but the audience, 
goes back and listens to the show, you know, they, they, you'll hear that we talk about that. She talks about them preferring different terrain too, which is kind of weird because like there is a weird divide in the terrain there because you get these really deep canyons and these big hills, whatever, with the thick woods, you have more of these Bigfoot sightings. And then the rolling hills with the less, you know, canyony looking was where the dogmen tend to be. And then there's this one area near a cemetery out there um, in the Devil's Backbone where people see this black goat man. And that he's been seen. I, I got a report of him just like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's one that I hope to avoid. Yeah, that one's very odd. There was a guy out of Kerrville who was a friend of mine. Um, there's, there's a guy, he's actually from Japan. He actually makes like weapons from, uh, and, and I'm going to talk about some Japanese folklore too, coming up pretty soon, but like the Tengu. Oh dude, the Oni, you know, the Kappas, um, the, oh, this, yes. all of that, you know, the, the kids, the Kitsune, uh, or the, you know, um, just very, or the Kitsune, Kitsune, I forget how you pronounce it, but the, anyways, the, the, they talk about all these different legends or whatever, but there's one that he was talking about out, out near Kerrville and like he builds these swords like from the traditional way and he sells them at the folk festivals and, and the Renaissance fests and all that. Um, we have a couple pretty big ones out here in Texas. And uh, so he, he does that all the time. And, and so he was saying that he saw this black like goat man looking creature out there, but he thinks that it was conjured up by his neighbors. Like he really believes like it was conjured up by his neighbors he was like, dude, the, the, these neighbors were out there. They were doing these rituals and all this stuff. He goes, next thing you know, the, the, I see this black goat-looking thing running around on two legs. Um, and this guy's like a brother of ours. We've known him for years, and he used to live here in Austin. And uh, he got married, moved out there, and sold out. You know how it goes, kind of like I did. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, he sees this thing. But he said that when he first got out there, there were people talking about this, like, phantom fox-type creature that was running around, like getting into people's stuff, and then they would turn the light on, and it would be gone, and uh, yeah, and so he thought immediately, you know, he knew what that was. I mean, we'll we'll get into all that stuff, and and Ryan, we we definitely uh, hope to have you back, and we're gonna oh, have yeah. you coming in regularly, and 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 being a contributor to the show, and co-hosting with us, doing some work with us. We definitely look forward to that. Um, you've been a wealth of knowledge and thank you for, for, uh, coming on the show and t telling us your encounter and going over these other ones with us and, and kicking these ideas around, uh, just continue to do your research and continue to, um, you know, now folks, I want to tell you, if you don't know already, Ryan is in the process of building a YouTube channel. He's going to have a, a YouTube channel, but he's going to stay in, uh, you know, in, in touch with us and he's going to come on regularly and be a contributor and we're going to work together closely in, in the near future and it's going to, in, in, into the future. And, uh, we're going to help you grow your channel and we're going to do a collaboration project pretty soon, um, with, uh, another, another guy who's building a, a YouTube channel. Um, and so once we get all this going, um, you just stay tuned because we're going to, once we work together and we put our heads together, you know, we'll, we'll you know, combine IQ of two, <laughs> not just one. Well, with me here, you know, doubles that with you with you there yeah because your your iq is already like uh well no yours is negative though that doesn't doesn't really oh. help we'll see how that goes that really i help. thought my high my negative two was more than yours see and that's what you thought <laughs> from having a negative two iq that's you really what I thought get that for thinking exactly no one told you to thank you fool woman 
Get back on the porch. <laughs> no, but uh, so so anyway, that being said, just keep your eyes and ears open for that. Um, Ryan's going to be making a group too, and we're going to be uh, working together, doing some stuff. We're going to collaborate. Uh, go back and listen to Ryan talk on Vic's show too. He's been on Vic's show. And um, the, there's some friends of ours that, that do uh, television too that might be picking up, uh, you know, picking up your story too. And um, they have picked crossed. up one of mine. Yeah, fingers crossed. They picked up one of mine and, and we, we did it. But um, yeah, Ryan is an up and coming uh, cryptozoologist. Uh, I really believe that you're going to do some things in this field. Just keep, keep, keep plugging away. Oh, for sure. And thanks for having me on, Josh. Nelly, appreciate it. Thank you. It was a lot of fun, you guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll do this again. So that's it for tonight, folks, for PRT, for whatever mall you're urinating on the table at. Because <laughs> you're trying to establish dominance, folks. I get that, okay? Wherever you're trying to establish dominance. Everybody thinks it's weird, and I'm just like, look, this is just it's what we do. Weird. It's okay. It's what we do. We're trying to establish our dominance. These people need to understand that. Said so they want exactly. to put you in jail. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. So from whatever mall you're doing that and from whatever spaceship you're being abducted in, whatever ghost is haunting your house. Whatever jungle. You're running through from a blood-drinking uh, Bigfoot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can do a little nightmares, Josh. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs>